This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Happy Friday, my friends. We made it. The end of a week. It's the Donna and Steve show on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. Donna Valentine is vacationing in Jersey. I know it doesn't sound like it makes sense, but that's what she's doing. She's in Jersey visiting fam for uh, for Easter. We have got Miss Shannon back in the house Hello. with us. So great to have you here. And high school age Miss Shannon, when she was still in her emo phase, loves that we got to start the show with The Cure. I'm Isn't very that excited. a great oh, yes. song? It was a great dirt alert. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I liked I your mean, dirt. It was really yeah, concise this thanks, morning, Don. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> Sometimes the machine determines. Uh, the great machine determines, wait, no, we have, we have other things to talk about we exactly. can't get to dirt actually we're like dirt we can wait fault. on the date i deleted the wrong thing i deleted the open open don can we just always tell you, blame we were just the machine yeah the machine everybody the machine. believed the machine. the machine stop it you don't uh, have to do okay. this the machine did it it's always the machine's fault totally that's how weak. they eventually lie. T- yeah she wasn't lying on good friday if you're gonna lie lie on the machines they're gonna eventually gonna be our overlords anyway so lie on them now right now exactly it's their fault I do, oh, listen, you guys know I believe in the, the robot uprising. Meanwhile, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, first day of Passover, happy Good Friday, so much going on here today. Uh, the end of a busy week, I was in New York for the last couple of days, mm-hmm. and, well, I guess I need to give you some tales from first class, <laughs> if that's okay. Yeah, let's hear it. And now, more tales from first class. Here's the guy sitting in 2A. Steve Patterson. You know, Miss Shannon, yes. I uh, I have never ever in my life paid for a first class ticket. I don't intend to at any point. And as of a few months ago, I had only flown it one time because I accidentally got upgraded, and it was about a forty-five minute flight from Phoenix to L.A. or vice versa. So it was you, quick. You couldn't truly bask in the first classness. No, I've never done, but I've done oh. I've done business, which is still pretty swanky. <laughs> Like, like we did, like I went to, I got, I went to Greece in business oh. with the lay down and the overnights, oh. the bathrooms, so that was super swank. I appreciate Whoa, that. Whoa, that is cool. If you're doing an international flight mm-hmm. and you've got business or first class, yeah. I have never experienced yes. that. That is next level. It was next glorious. Level. It, it, you know, when people ask me, what's the coolest thing you've ever did? I almost always say that. <laughs> And I've done some cool stuff, but I am I am appreciative of that opportunity. <laughs> let's That's um, amazing. let's all wipe that from our memory right now, <laughs> so that my first class story still sounds kind of cool. Okay, uh, because you know what's interesting. So uh, first, so you know the team at Live with Kelly and Ryan, they're so kind, and they they started. I think it was like accidentally. They I I used to always fly. Anytime I would fly out there, it was coach, and I was grateful, and it was fine. Yeah. And I always say, if you're traveling without small children, you're already flying first class. I don't care what row you're in. I don't That's care where true. you are in the plane, yep. aisle, middle, window. 
compared to the people traveling and dragging kids in, mm-hmm. you're doing great. Yeah. Um, that being said, then they started doing first class. And so, you know, Miss Shannon, I'm not going to get into the details, but a couple flights ago, I stole the guy's sandwich in first class <laughs> and I ate his meal yes. knowing... I had his meal and he got my meal and I was like, that sandwich looks good. So I ate his sandwich. Wow. It's fine. Then, Steve ordered a salad, by the way. <laughs> the guy I did. didn't even eat it. The guy did not end up eating his meal at all. And I was oh, like, wow. I'm going to eat this. You know, Kelvin, you got to be safe, right? With all those protocols on the yeah. plane. I was like, I shouldn't give him the sandwich. Now I touched it. <laughs> so uh, I, I've had that encounter. Then mm-hmm. I had, no lie, one of the greatest greatest burgers i've ever had in my entire life it was an impossible burger Mm -hmm. but there was something about the flavor of it and this was on the way out to new york and it was just delightful something happens on the return flight from new york to msp the delta plane is always different and the first class situation is always on the way there it's the seats are bigger everything's (laughs) wider this is a more stripped down version it's like first class the beta version like we think we have a good concept here how could we expand on this (laughs) Anyway, we get on the plane, and first they said it was delayed, so I was scheduled to fly out of LaGuardia yesterday at 6.05. Then they bump it back to 6.35, and I had heard, and many of you experienced this yesterday here in the Twin Cities, the winds were whipping yesterday, really gusty, some blizzard conditions in parts of the state. So I thought, okay, that's why they're, they're delaying us. Then it goes from delayed to keep your, just when they delay it, don't think that you can go and get a massage at the airport. They undelayed it. It was delayed for, uh, I don't know, like an hour's worth of time. It was only delayed for 30 minutes, but there was like an hour of time I was in the airport where it was delayed, and then it changed, and it was back to on time. I didn't even know that could happen. So it was great. We get on the plane. It's uh, 5.35 is when we're boarding. I don't think that we actually departed, took off into the sky, until 8 p.m. So this was my first time ever being on one of those planes where it's stuck on the runway and there was a traffic jam. So we, I fall asleep. I sitting next to a lovely woman from Chaska, by the way, she was great. We got to talking and then we both went into our own separate zones. Stevie boy starts. First of all, I always look like I don't belong in first class. I start doing the head bob thing. (laughs) You know, when you're falling asleep and your head snaps forward. So I feel like an idiot as this is happening, but then I'm just like, whatever, keep going to sleep. I sleep through probably the first hour of us being on just out there on the runway. Wow. And then they tell us, hey, we got a traffic jam um, and it's not going to be quick. So we're trying to figure out how long it's going to take. We'll keep you updated. And then we've been on there for probably an hour and 45 minutes. And then we we start seeing the plane move mm-hmm. and it's going back oh. to the gate. Oh. And that's always bad news. Yes. And it turns out they come on the uh, the speaker and they say, we are going, we were about ready to go, but uh, there is a passenger who no longer wants to take this flight. Mm. And I didn't know that a passenger had that kind of power. Mm-hmm. But evidently, that person was able to say, I want off of this flight because we're still stuck on the, the, the runway for X amount of time. And I'm going to be, I'm going to have a probably an episode. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And or so they then. to be somewhere. Maybe so. Whatever it was, they pulled the the plane back in, and then I heard the flight attendant say, I think we got about a half a dozen people that went off this plane. So then she just got on and said, if you do not want to take this flight, uh, since we can't guarantee a takeoff time just yet, now is your time. Get your bags and exit the plane. We go back, you know, six or seven people, hurry off the plane, and then we, you know, we we just keep hanging out, Mm -hmm. hanging out. We finally go. It was the long, but then I thought the good thing was I didn't hear any babies or in nor did i see too many 
small kids because my heart always goes out to if you're a family oh, and you're that's just the worst. Yeah. trying to talk them hours? down we'll be okay we'll be okay we'll be okay oh here's your ipad again here's this i just can't that's that's my oh. nightmare but I, I mean know. i understand why they finally like we're in an ab- we have the ability to turn around but sure. we just read all those horror stories about that that plane that was coming in from Cancun or whatever, where they told them you can't get off the plane, uh, right? And they kept going back up, and people were sick and having panic attacks and all this other stuff. I think that people are just very tense in yeah. this scenario. And even if you don't know you're going to be able to get on another plane, sometimes you're just the anxiety side of you is like, take me back, let yes. me off, because yeah. it just feels bad to not have that control. Yeah, it totally thing. does. I get it. So. And they couldn't give us a firm update. You know, the pilot mm-hmm. was saying this. And by the way, the Delta crew, they were so great right. and they were just so oh, apologetic good. the yep. whole time. Um, so anyway, it was quite an adventure just getting into the air. But I felt so cool, calm and collected. I was like, I'm just going to continue to sit Sleep. here and do nothing <laughs> and rest and, you know, listen to music. But then, small world. So I got a Chaska friend beside me who we get to meet and get to talking. I look at this flight attendant as Stevie Boyd, by the way, goes to the bathroom for the third time before we've even gone into the air. You know I have an overactive bladder. I get nervous anytime I go anywhere. Fortunately, I was in an aisle seat. Mm-hmm. But I'm going. I'm back and forth like a yo-yo to the bathroom. <laughs> and I pass this flight attendant, and I think, you know, she's got a mask. You're only seeing the eyes. I thought, boy, she looks familiar. What a small little world that a, a friend of mine who we knew from New Mexico, no. he is a pilot, and his wife, who I've never met, only have I seen her through his Instagram, wow. but I knew that she was in the airline industry, right? and I thought, wait, I think she's a flight attendant, and I think that's her, and sure enough, she came over to offer us water, and I said, do you hey. happen to be the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, married to Ariel, a guy named Ariel, and she said, oh my gosh, yes I am. And I just thought, what a... Sm-. So that entertained yes. me for 30 minutes. Then I started texting him, <laughs> I'm on your wife's plane. And she handled everything with grace and class and was so... Thank God you know, it was had the right tone. That's yes. what all I gotta say. Yep. Honestly. Listen, we when we were going to Florida, we had booked on a different... Let's just call it a very budget airline. I don't yeah, want to say the name. I've done it. I've done it. I okay. do it a lot. And <laughs> I... I uh, we started getting horror stories the weeks leading up to it to the yep. point where we actually went and canceled and got a refund of those tickets and then switched to Delta. So yes, yes. when you're in a situation like that, you it's you learn the value, the mm-hmm. quality of your airline when you're in a bad situation. Because it used to, if it, what would be considered a bad situation was completely minor in comparison to what we're getting these days. Right, like it's not like we're just being bougie. It's you are literally stranded someplace or trapped right. to the point that you are now physically ill. And there might be people starting to fight. I mean, it's yeah. brutal out and there. They're, and all they go is they go, we'll give you a $50 credit. So they don't even like fully refund your flight if things go mm. awry. So on some of these things, and I'm like, I'm not down for that. Yeah. yeah. I am bougie adjacent. So no. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm not I'm full like, bougie. I'm not, yeah, but I'm I'm bougie esque. I'm I know that about myself. I'm <laughs> yeah. fine with that. Where I'm going, I will at least. I just want to be guaranteed a seat. Yeah, and the option of having peanuts or uh, a, a biscotti or whatever it is, just right. the option. That's it. And then I'm I'm cool. You don't have to give me everything else. Yeah, I just want to know that the plane will do what the plane is supposed to do, to the best of the staff's ability. That's now it. listen, right. I don't want to make it sound like. I had an even tougher time than most people on that plane last night as I was <laughs> stranded in first class for two and a half hours in total peace and quiet. But the meal that I got, oh, pasta, yes. 
It was it was great. It was I chose for pasta instead of these impossible meatballs. She said impossible, and I was like, if you say burger, I'm taking it. And she said meatballs, and so mm. I, I should have gotten that. But I got this pasta, and it had peas on it. And earlier this week mm-hmm. on the Don and Steve show, we said, what is an ingredient in a meal that immediately ruins it for you? Oh. I say peas mm-hmm. and cottage cheese. Those are both just my my nemesis. Mm-hmm. But like a big boy and just pretending to be mature, I ate the whole thing. But then I started looking around. Getting like uh, just a rubber neck, trying to find the meatballs because I just wanted to look at them. <laughs> I want to see who got the meatballs. Everybody got the pasta. Oh, so I'm nobody fine. they didn't trust them. That's yeah, right. they didn't trust them. But I oh. always trust them because Impossible right now as a brand knows that it needs to try harder because we don't trust it yet. Not yet. So you might as well just give it a shot because they, you know, that they're gonna do to the be- They're gonna do magic. Well, that's what that I had on yeah. on the way to New magic. York. The burger I had was an Impossible Burger, and mm-hmm. it was a, truly a top five burger mm-hmm. of my. Life. I digress. We got to go to break. Yes. Uh, lots to get to. Miss Shannon again filling in for Donna Valentine today. Um, hey, when we come back, how about this? When you watch sitcoms, you might actually be hearing dead people. Do you think you can undo that riddle? I'll explain it all. We got some things that make you go, huh? Next on Donna and Steve. Spring is here. Donna, aren't you excited the season's changing? Eh, change isn't for me, Steve. One time my hairstylist said, let's change it up. I'm still recovering. Oh, Grasshopper, you must learn to embrace change. Join the Y. They've got group classes. They can help you be more mindful through life's ups and downs. And if you join by April 15th, you'll get $15 enrollment with 10% off dues till June. Wow. Okay. You've changed my mind. I knew I would. Join at YMCANorth.org. Hello. Don and Steve. (laughs) On my talk, it's a Friday. Feeling good to have uh, Miss Shannon with us. Uh, it's great to have her back on the air as Donna is out. She's in Jersey. Miss Shannon swoops in. You know what's great about you, Miss Shannon? There are what's a lot that? of great things about you. Oh, thank you. Hmm. Um, but, you know, one of the great, I feel like we could throw virtually anything at Miss Shannon <laughs> and she. She will have a take on it. She will, she can go, she's like, what do you need? You need a minute? I can do a minute. If we told her, oh goodness, the computers went down. Could we? What could we talk about for the next oh, two and a half hours? You'd be able to do it. Stand-up comic. Yeah. 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 She's like, I can do that. she's riffing off the crowd when she sees them. The whole thing. Uh, I so appreciate that as a as a compliment. I take that to heart, and I do include that in my skill set. Is that I, I? You know, that's you know, when people ask me, well, how can we hire Shannon to host our thing? That's yes. part of the reason. Yeah. Is that they know that when in doubt, I can produce on the fly. If something you, goes down, I'm um, like, oh, we'll be fine. It'll yeah. be fine. Best take, just take take this audio right now. Hi to anyone who's considering booking Miss <laughs> Shannon for your upcoming coming event. My name's Steve Patterson. I fully recommend Thank her. You She's for the, the endorsement. Best. Thank you, you very I, much. I stuttered my. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. 
Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Way through it so they're not going to, they'll be like, who's this bum? No, that makes it more authentic. Thank that you means so it was much. Unrehearsed and authentic. So oh, thank it you, sure Steve. was unrehearsed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Don, should uh-huh. we push the button and That's do the thing? Huh. Things that make you go, huh. Okay, this is kind of a riddle that mm-hmm. I gave you before the break, and I wonder if either of you were able to figure this out. When you watch some sitcoms, like modern-day sitcoms, mm-hmm. you might actually be hearing dead people. Can you solve that riddle? Why would you be hearing dead people? Why might you be hearing dead people when you watch a current sitcom with a brand new episode because there's a ghost in your house and it's speaking to you oh i'm sorry don't get creepy on us i was just thinking they might be using like old laugh tracks or something with people that are no longer alive ding okay ding ding i didn't even think of that (laughs) well you thought in your wheelhouse of ghosts (laughs) right that absolutely made sense isn't that something yeah that these actors are now passed on they have they said the majority of the uh laugh tracks that they use actually were recorded back in the 1950s. Yes. And so if you just do the math, using it 70 years later, and then they Why make new ones? If they're already working, people aren't identifying. Do people laugh differently now? No. I don't think so. Mm -mm. Although they used to talk a little differently, though. You know what I see here? Of course I did. (laughs) But the laughter seems to be the same. Do you feel like when you listen to a show that you can pick up when it's a laugh track versus when it's a live studio audience? Yes. Yes. I was just watching. There's a new show with... Pete Holmes and, um, oh goodness, is it Katie Lowe's? She used to be on Scandal. Anyway, it's a new CBS sitcom, um, and Pete Holmes, a, a funny comic. And I, she posted a clip yesterday, and mm-hmm. I feel like for the first time, I totally heard, okay, we got a lot. That's track. the loop. This that is that a, yes. right there. That was the loop. And yes. I think that that's why, you know, when you hear of like these casts that get these weird awards for like best sound editing and stuff, a lot of that is because like the people that they've managed to like make the sound so organic that you don't notice that they like re-engineered all of the stuff after the episode. You're like, wow, that's magical what you just did. Because yes. when it's bad, you're like, this sounds so fake. This clearly yeah. doesn't make any sense. So, hmm, I think that's also why a lot of sitcoms are now going, we won't add in the laugh track. We don't have to tell you and signpost where it is because the concept of having a laugh track dates and uh, even if it's brand new, it just still seems very dated. Dated, it does. Yeah, just to add, when I see a show now that looks modern, has Mm -hmm. people doing modern things, but still has a laugh track, it immediately goes, how come you don't trust your show to know that I, as a human being, will know where to laugh without right. putting it in there. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right. The When The Office came up, and they, mm-hmm. they really started that, like, we, you'll just figure it out. You'll know when to laugh. Right. It's either give us that or say this was filmed in front of a live studio audience so that we know that the laughter is at least more genuine than the laugh track, even though, you know, they hype you up. Oh before my these things. We're going to laugh big. We're going to do everything. They train bigger. you to laugh so that you act like a laugh track. Because when I did my kids, which I think is weird because you do live shows. Yes. So I was watching them as they were preparing them for the live show I was going to be on. And they told them, like, they very orchestrated the laughter. So yes. they were going, okay, we're all going to go from small laugh into standing applause, oh, which wow. is not what something people normally do in a show. So when it happened in the show, 
we're like the comedians and we're all like, who does that? Cause that, so if you go from small laughter into grant, that's you going, <laughs> like, like it just took you a minute to get that. that I mean, like, nobody does that. And so when it happened, everybody's like, stop, start. Like, wait. Yeah, right. They feel like they've got a performance. They're not even enjoying it anymore. Now they feel like they're unpaid actors in the bleachers. Exactly. And that's also what you get a lot of times. The people, they go and the ones that sign up to be studio audiences are actors. Mm. And so they're waiting for their Oscar moment Mm. with their laughing. And so there's always a couple people that are like, oh my gosh, wait till I'm going to get my close up. I'm ready. I'm so ready. And I'm like, just, yeah, just laugh at my joke. Don't make it so hard. I got like a a walk-up ticket to David Letterman once to the, to the Late Show, mm-hmm. and it was that day when they're just trying to get a few more seats filled. Yeah. And I was amazed at, I, I love watching those sort of live mm-hmm. shows happen, but they were talking about how important the audience is. Like, mm-hmm. they were giving us a full pep talk before of, you know, and Dave's been working all day with the team to get this show together for you guys and the rest of the country. So when he comes out, really let him know that you're yeah. excited to be here. And when he tells a joke, sometimes the audience at home, they're not sure. Let him know that it's funny. Give him a big right. laugh and all this sort of stuff. And so you're so, like, jacked up, you know? Yeah. You're just like, bring it I on. Say another joke. I'm important. Right. It's just a whole thing. And, yeah, it's... His it's, name's it's, on the show, but it needs me. That's it, what it is. That's mm-hmm exactly right it's it's just funny the the production that goes into just creating an audience and (laughs) and uh, those organic moments so anyway (laughs) uh there you go now we know that uh when we come back let's do a little book talk kelly hansen was in yesterday she did some uh i'm reading a couple books right now that i'll tell you about and then we'll go around the horn and see what we're reading that's interesting us next Welcome back. It is the Donna and Steve experience on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. Thanks for listening wherever happen, wherever you happen to be. If it's listening on the computer, listening on the app, or driving around, uh, happy that you made us part of your day. The very talented Miss Shannon is in for Donna Valentine, who's in Jersey right now. She'll happy be back. Friday. She's going to bring us tales from the Garden State next week. We look forward to that. Don McLean is here with us for hour one. Uh, it's good to be back here in the state of Minnesota, although I will tell you briefly yesterday... Um, so today, later this morning on uh, Channel 11 at 11 o'clock, when Live with Kelly and Ryan airs, you will um, see the first story that I did with them. And so I get to go out and you know talk with Kelly and Ryan first. And then I went out to the New York Auto Show. But then we shot something else that will air uh, closer to Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And um, so we went out on the street yesterday afternoon. And I wasn't really aware of the, that it was snowing here and, and just like the weather was so crappy. So I go out on the street. I am not kidding you. I think I was there for what will go down as one of the best weather days in New York all year. There were cherry blossoms in oh, bloom. And these cherry blossoms that they have are, they're juxtaposed so dramatically because the city planning that they did years ago in New York City is really impressive because they have trees everywhere. All throughout the city, you'll, know, you'll turn down a street, especially like in the Upper West Side, where it's just lined with brownstones mm-hmm. and there are trees. And I, I was thinking like the forethought that that took for them to plant little tiny trees way back in the day <laughs> for it to now be this, you're in this city surrounded, you know, in the concrete jungle, as they said, but you have these trees that are lining the streets. So you get a little bit of nature, a little bit of what you love from being 
in the, the center of a city. It was beautiful. In the weather, it was 80 degrees, sunny, what? no humidity. Okay. Well, fun, fun fact, like I was yeah. watching a documentary that was about how they did the planning of New York back in the day. And oh, oh cool. Why, part of the reason why they did do all that is because when they weren't planning from a city park planner type thing, it was... It was the as New York was developing, the city was developing. They were having so many ecological problems, like the heat was oppressive. It was oh. like, and then anytime it did rain, because it was all buildings, then the city would flood. So oh. they had to really take a step back and figure out how to add in these plants and all these green spaces and all these things in order to one take the temperature down and two stop the city flooding with gross water and it all going into the river every time there was a wow. rain shower. It was That's a fascinating documentary. Do you it remember what it was on? Uh, Curiosity I, Channel. Security Aussie Channel and, and Cheddar News do a bunch of things together. They've been oh. doing a lot of things on New York. Okay. Because uh, there's sto- all kinds of stories. So they did one on how it's powered and move, how it's moving into uh, a, a less um, steam-related thing. Like it's in one, one part of the city. They did another one that was all talking about how they've been trying to cut down on pollution, what they're doing with their landfills. So you can look at the Curiosity Channel. Oh. Oh, which wow. I watch a lot of, I've surprisingly never, I've enough. I've never even heard of mm-hmm. the That Curiosity sounds like yeah. a channel. great channel. Yeah. It should be on Pluto, which we discovered Pluto, Pluto TV earlier this oh, It's the greatest. Oh, Don't even get us started. Don't even get us started. You didn't know. That's where I watch my no. Midsummer Murders. There's like a whole Midsummer Murders channel. Channel. And, uh, and Doctor Who channel on oh, there. All yeah. my stuff's on there. We found out. <laughs> we found out. Then Donna got mad at us because we mm, stopped listening to her and started watching Pluto TV during the show. Because <laughs> the Amber Heard, Johnny... The deposition thing was going on live on court TV on Pluto. But then we were like, oh my gosh, there's a whole channel dedicated to just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Just Family Ties. And they rotate through. Like They'll play it for like a month and they'll go, okay, we'll take a break on that and we'll go play something else. And they'll have another channel that'll pop back Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Pluto. You have to watch the same ad over and over again. Well, yeah. But that's worth that it. do that on AMC exactly. when I watch The Walking Dead. It's totally yeah. worth it. Totally I don't care. It. Brainwash me. It's free and it's fun and <laughs> it uh, the dedicated channels great. are great. And no matter what you like, you can find a thing. Yes. There's something on like there. British comedies. Mm-hmm. British that's why mysteries. we were so enamored with it. The fact that Donna did not jump on board with us. <laughs> She's was, the one that brought it up. I know. <laughs> she was she like, lit hey, the match, and then she blamed us t- for the fire. Right. <laughs> well, then we went to Pluto TV, and then we couldn't stop talking about it. She's like, guys, people are going to stop listening to the radio altogether and just watch TV. <laughs> no, they're just going to do it. Like, but here's Donna, the thing. This isn't 1970. No. I know. Oh, and there's certain God. times. I love, I love that there are, I mean, I, I love the way that new technology has done that, but it also makes all of us better and more engaging. Because yeah. look at all the competition we have. Oh, yeah. Like, if you, oh my like gosh. you can go find your favorite comfort program and just have it just binge and play and play and play and play. Because yeah. I will do that. I will just pick a thing where I'm like, you know, well, right now I want, you know, I, I have a complicated thing going on in my life. I need some Zen moments or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you might just pick a show that you love. Yeah. And you could just play it. And the whole channel's there just going and going and going. I wonder and if going. you can Why, download you do um, Pluto TV as an app on a smart TV. You know, because I know it's like it, it, it seems that it's very computer based in how it is, like it's meant to be pulled up on your phone or on a browser. I wonder if there this is an is app kinda, version of this it. This is kind of Roku y. I mean, yes, it's very meta, but it's what, on okay. my Roku. I oh, have okay. a Roku, and it, so you, I can do Pluto as an app. Oh, on my great. Roku. Thank you for saying that because I had a lot of emails yesterday about you can do it on Roku. You yes. <laughs> so if you are right yeah, now typing an email, it's okay. You can stop. You yes, can stop. I, I, we, I she, voiced your, your opinion. Now. Yes. Yes. Uh, so anyway. It? Yes, you can.
You can watch TV, but don't go watch Pluto now. Keep listening. (laughs) Well, here's why everybody's also excited about it, is that so many people spent time, we were very proud cord cutters. And so then, because all of the subscription services ended up spinning off, um, it made it very difficult for people who cord cut from a cost perspective to find the content because now there was a paywall up in front of all of these things again. So you might as well have kept your cord. Mm-hmm. And then things like Pluto <laughs> TV came out and all these additional Roku channels. And so I think that that's why people are so passionate about the fact that they can like, no, I still found a way to stay cordless and yeah. not put my cord back in and still find content that I love. <laughs> right. So I understand why people are so like aggressively like, no, let me tell you how it's done. I like how you're talking about it, too, because it makes it like there's a physical cord that's always just there in your house that at any point, if you want to... You could stick it back in the wall you and you're you powered just up put again. Put it back just, together. Just get those wires. Uh huh. Maybe a soldering iron. Exactly. Oh, yeah, if you a cut little. It, it's a just you need a little electrical tape. That's all you need. A little yeah. le- electrical tape. Put those little wires together, and you can have that cord back. Now I wonder for if Donna feels nervous. A month. <laughs> That's exactly right. For a t- on a two-year agreement. I wonder if Donna feels nervous with if I'm going to talk about a book. Does she think people are going to turn off the radio and just start finding? Fi- get me a book. They're talking about uh, books. Yeah, Let's yes, read this book. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm sort of reading two books. Right now, Kelly Hansen came on yesterday. She was talking about um, a book called The Push, I believe it's what it's yes. called, uh, that she really liked. She read it in three days. I'm dabbling between two books right now. Uh, it is, I, I've mentioned this before on the show, but for any Tom Hanks fan, fan of just, you know, mm-hmm. the Hollywood in general, I had looked at this book for a couple of years. It's called The World According to Tom Hanks. And it seems kind of like an. I don't. I'm sure it's like an unauthorized biography on him, but they've taken excerpts of him from interviews throughout his life, talking about his early childhood and all the way through his career. And then at one point in the book, and I'm not there yet, they shift into gets less biographical traditionally, and then they they go into the the Ten Commandments of Tom Hanks, okay. and then they kind of do a walk through just some film filmography stuff of so when he was doing this. So I I think it's a good. I think it's probably a good bathroom read sort of a situation. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like if you want to do it's like a reader's digest. You just do a mm. few pages at a time. I don't think you I haven't gotten engrossed in it where it's like, what happens next mm. in this book? What else will I learn? You can pop in and out. Totally. Okay. Although I have learned some new things um, about Tom Hanks. Now, the other book that I'm reading is uh, not a biography. It is nonfiction, which is usually what I go toward. But I had a friend who sent me this book. And it's by uh, an author who I've read one of his things before. The author, his name is Donald Miller. Mm -hmm. And he famously wrote the book, oh, 15 years ago, maybe Blue Like Jazz. And this book is called Hero on a Mission. And I'm not giving it a full full throat recommendation, but I'm just lobbing it out there if you're looking for a new book. It essentially taps into the concept that all of our lives are a story. We're in the middle of... A story, and I think he sort of comes under the uh, the umbrella of you know if God is the great storyteller, and we're all living as parts of this big grand story, we're each individually living in our own story. And he breaks down there are four roles that can be played in a story: it is the victim, the villain, mm-hmm. the hero, or the guide. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of uh, the he breaks journey. down yeah. each of those, and then it, it, it's I think it's going to get to you know probably a little bit woo woo but it's meant to empower you that if you feel like the story that you're in right now is not going the way that you wanted mm-hmm. the point is that you he challenges that maybe the intent change your role 
Yes. Okay. Change your role, change Mm -hmm. your story, and don't leave everything up to fate, so to speak. But there is an active role that we take as players in this great story and in our own story that we can change the next page as opposed to, well, I guess that's just the way it happened. It's easy to get into those cycles, right, of who you believe you are, like who we all believe we are right now. Our roles within work are probably different than we feel about our story when we are at home or when we are with friends. And so those roles shift a little bit. And he's saying... Maybe it's time you take... Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Some inventory. Identify what those available roles are and figure out who are you playing in this story. And Maybe it's time for you to do a role change and it might change your story for the better. I've only read 20 pages. I don't know if that's really all is what it's getting to, but so far I I'm interested that. in and it. You, and you do seem to read a lot of those books. So I think when you read that genre, you can kind of tell, okay, well, what am I? I think you're right. Where Where is this lesson taking me? Mm-hmm. Do I need this at this point in my life? You know, because I, I have some books like that that I'm like, yeah. when in doubt, you want a little, a booster of yeah. whatever it is. You go, I'm going to read this next book, even though as Don was saying, it's similar to something you might have heard before. Right. This might be a different author's take on it or a different psychologist or writer, their take on it. We're like, oh, well, they articulated that in a way that helped me today. And the Donald Miller book that I read before, Blue Like Jazz, I, I don't recall a ton of it, but I remember his... He had a very honest style of writing, and it seems the same in this book. So I'm digging that. Um, I know now we're running out of time, but we have a couple minutes. Dawn, I want to know what book you just finished. I just finished America's Most Haunted Hotels. Oh. Uh, checking Is it a in book? with uninvited guests. There Is it are a picture pictures book? in okay. there. Definitely. Any Minnesota uh, hotels? Yes, yes. The Palmer House is the very last story, which is in Sock Center. Uh, oh, okay. Sinclair okay. Lewis uh, used to work there, wrote his... Uh, books Main Street is kind of based on Sock Center. Uh, also, just how haunted the Palmer House is. Ooh, Been many hey. times. It's okay. it's really a great place, and I absolutely love the owner. Her na- name is Kelly, and she um, rescued this hotel that would have been just you know demolished, demolished or ruined and wow. she's brought it back to life and she's still trying all the time to keep up with it because that's expensive yeah i can imagine <laughs> yes. so um yeah if you ever get a chance to go to sock center and stay at the palmer house i would do it it's a couple hours up the road i think an hour and a half mm-hmm. yeah. uh, say the name of the book again it's called america's most haunted hotels checking in with uninvited guests nice they have like the queen mary in there um one from oh. arizona they have all, all kinds of hotels across the country that are haunted. Right, there you go. you got there a few different book recommendations. Yeah. Yes. All sorts of different genres. When we come back, it'll be time for If You See Something, Say Something. There was a story. Remember, Tom Brady retired, and then he unretired a few weeks later. <laughs> well, in that gap, there was a guy 
who bid, I believe it was half a million dollars on the final, what at the time was the final touchdown pass thrown by Tom Brady. The day after he won this ball for half a million dollars, Tom Brady unretired, which immediately plummeted the value of this football. There is a development in the story. Find out if it was good news or bad news for that guy. That when we come back. Donna and Steve on My Talk. Welcome back. It's the Donna and Steve Experience. You're listening to My Talk 1071, where talk is fun wherever you happen to be listening. Here in Minnesota, maybe in China, we have South Africa listeners. We have listeners in France, all over the place. Uh, of course, our Canadian listeners as well, north of the border. Thanks for hanging with us. Miss Shannon is in for Donna Valentine. Hi, Miss Shannon. Hello, hello. Happy Friday. Don McLean is in as well. DJ Rock Lobster will reprieve her uh, here at the top of the hour. We'll bring him in at 10 o'clock. But meanwhile, we got a little time to see things and say things. Hey, if you see something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. Now, this will come under the banner of rich people problems, but still, no one would envy this guy's situation. I think everybody felt bad for this guy. So Tom Brady threw his final touchdown and retired a couple of weeks afterward. Mm -hmm. And then that final touchdown ball went up for auction. And there was a guy, presumably a sports memorabilia fan or diehard Tom Brady fan, who bid on it. And the winning bid was essentially a house. It was $518,000, like a nice house. $518,000 for a football. That football was the final football that Tom Brady ever threw that resulted in a touchdown. What a cool piece of memorabilia. Yes. I'll argue about the price, but still. Well, guess what? A few weeks after that, less than 40 days later, Tom Brady uh, unretired after he retired. And this came only a couple of days. So the guy bids on this ball, and it's just a couple of days after he bid on it and won it mm-hmm. that Tom Brady unretires, which immediately plummeted the value of the ball. Because now, <laughs> because once Tom Brady throws a, a touchdown, now. oh, it's, it's just a Tom ball. Brady ball. It's yeah. Tom Brady ball. Uh huh. And listen, God love Tom Brady, but just the run-of-the-mill Tom Brady ball is not worth $518,000. And no. I thought, this is such a bummer for this guy. Well, there's a development, and I think everybody will be happy about this. He's off the hook. Oh, This, this guy is was able... It is in the world of auctions, right, Don? Right. They stick you to it. He was yes. able to make a deal with the seller, and now the sale is off. He mm-hmm. might have had to pay the seller a fee, possibly. They haven't mm-hmm. disclosed that. But even if so, it wouldn't have been much. That ball, which is now Tom Brady's as of today, it's Tom Brady's 624th touchdown pass. It is his last touchdown pass as of right now. Mm-hmm. But experts say that it's only worth about fifty grand. But I think that even that value, which seems high, will go down with each and every touchdown pass that Tom Brady throws this year. Because if it's in the middle, because then it ends up being in the middle. Yes. It's got to be something really significant, and that significance will continue to go down. But could you imagine, again, rich people problems? I mean, just trying to avoid that sale. Could you imagine being the guy, oh my gosh, I got the ball, it's incredible, and then the next day, a sports center update. And they say Tom Brady is has announced he's unretiring. Oh, I would just vomit. Yeah, I would immediately vomit. It's weird to be mad over that, but it, I mean, yes. Don't get me wrong; I don't have that, but I'm, I'm out of money. 
Mm-hmm. But it's not this guy. I'm guessing with that price point, if he's a collector and an investor, mm-hmm. I almost am like that's a low enough price point that I do feel bad for him. Like he's yeah. not so ultra rich, or it's not sure. such a thing that I'm like, okay, I don't care. It doesn't matter. That like, came out of a trust fund, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, and I don't know the guy. I'm just going that. It's funny the number in my head that I'm going. No, you considered that an investment, and now it's not an investment. Which every investment, I mean, hey, it depends on how many, uh, whether you're interested in risk or not. But this seemed like a sure thing, probably, this dude. Speaking of an investment, Hmm. here's another story I'm curious your thoughts on. Elon Musk is always in the news, most recently this week, for his involvement in Twitter. So the short story is, uh, it became public knowledge that as of a couple weeks ago, Elon Musk had purchased a big stake in Twitter. So he he, he became the largest majority shareholder of Twitter for like a week and then like a venture capital thing or something like bought more well now here's what Elon wants to do he wants to buy all of Twitter he put in an official bid Mm -hmm. to buy it cash for 43 billion dollars he spoke yesterday Elon Musk did and I'm curious your thoughts on I, I guess the boil down question is do you buy it, and does this make sense? No. He said that this is not for the money, and he's doing this for freedom. Here's his quote. This is not a way to make money. My strong intuitive sense is that having a public platform that is maximally trusted and broadly inclusive is extremely important to the future of civilization. I don't care about the economics at all. And he added that Twitter should comply with America's free speech protections, but not go further, saying, if in doubt, let the speech exist. If someone you don't like is allowed to say something you don't like, it's damn annoying. But when someone you don't like says something you don't like, that is a function of a healthy free speech situation. Which... Musk has already hit a roadblock from, uh, there's a Saudi Arabian prince named, I want to get this right, Al-Walid bin Talal, who owns a significant piece of Twitter, and they're now on a back and forth, and he's like, that's not a high enough amount. $43 billion doesn't uh, get close it to making a It doesn't when you purchase. look at the amount per per share of what he's doing. Like, the the total number for all of us who only have, like, $2,000 in our savings account, mm-hmm. that sounds like it should definitely be enough money, but when you look at how <laughs> much right. per share he's offering, it's not enough. It's not sure. going to work. They're not going to do it. But I find this, this to me is one of those, it's easy for this rich guy to say say that Mm -hmm. because if somebody disagrees with him it's not a danger to his safety right Mm -hmm. and so it's so no i don't agree and so him wanting to like i I was reading all the articles about him wanting to buy it and then he's going to take it private so that he can revamp it and and i think that that's part of the reason why they're like hey man you want to be on the board because then he had to be a fiduciary and hopefully work in the interest of other people not just his vision Right, which he gets to do if he buys it outright. I and don't think this like, deal is going to come through unless he throws like double that amount at it. And he's super rich, but he's not. I have this in a bank account, rich. Mm-hmm. So he, so what is he going to get rid of? Like, is that is he going to stop being as a you know? He can't do this and still do all the stuff he does with SpaceX and um, Tesla. Yeah, he's got a net worth of about two hundred and forty five billion dollars most mm-hmm. recently but you would have to do a bunch of finagling right. to liquidate things and all that but it sounds like an elon musk owned twitter would say look pick anybody that you know who has been banned from suspended from all of that it sounds like he would be leaning back. toward let everybody back mm-hmm. and let 
let free speech be free speech. And it's this is the great technological age that we are in where technology has expanded at such a rapid clip that it's hard to wrap your head around. These are difficult concepts, right. and it, they require a lot of thoughtful back and forth to figure out what does that free Not speech look like when guy. it yeah. expands to everybody? It's 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 a lot. It's a layered situation. So right. it'll be interesting to continue mm-hmm. to watch it. If uh, Twitter becomes Musker, would oh, he rename I hope it? Not. Uh, Musker. No. Musker. Uh, no. Don, we love you. Love you uh, you too. Thank you for all your work. DJ Rock Bye. Lobster coming to next. Music news on the way. Stay there.